Hello and welcome to the Rookie Contract Podcast. My name is Dakota Sintek. And hello, I'm Kate Norum, and we'll be speaking to people that are in their rookie contract in sports to get the freshest advice for those trying to get into the sports industry, as well as learn more about their story within sports. So now that you've accepted your rookie contract, what are you going to prove? Welcome to the first ever episode of the Rookie Contract Podcast. I'm Kate Norum. And I'm Dakota Zintek. And today's guest, we have Anna Lee Marie. Anna is the University of Northern Colorado wrestling photographer as well as a media intern. Without further ado, let's get started. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, here so we what? go. We have Anna Lee Burner. As, you know, people don't pronounce it the same all the time, but it is Anna Lee Burner, and I would like to introduce you, but I would like you to do it if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, that way you can you can get all the all the accolades out that you'd like. Yeah. So I thank you for having me. I am <laughs> the University of Northern Colorado wrestling team's intern. I've been their photographer for a while, and so now they're just kind of throwing me in with a new role this season, if whatever this season ends up looking like. So yeah, I currently work with them. I'm a student for the University of Wyoming, though. So oh. I'm finishing up my degree with them this semester through UNC's internship that I've been offered. So Damn. that's where I'm at right now. Very and nice. So actually, a, a quick question I have is, how does that work, you know, working for a, a, a school that's different than the one you're, you're t- taking they, classes at? Are direct rivals, which is even better. Yeah, um, yeah I was going to say. So, <laughs> yeah, so there, I ended up, I actually went to a JUCO first, and it was between UNC, so U, Northern Colorado, and mm-hmm. Wyoming. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to Wyoming, be a little bit farther away from home. My parents live in Denver, so I wanted to move to Wyoming. Some of the boys, I grew up in wrestling, so some of the boys that I'd grown mm-hmm. up with, they go there, or they went there, and so... I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. Ended up kind of, I worked a little bit with Wyoming. It just wasn't for me. You know, I liked Laramie. I really liked the atmosphere, but the media side of it, believing in a team is really important to me. I am not a media person that can follow something unless I genuinely 100% back up what I'm following. And that's, I mean, that doesn't mean anything necessarily is wrong with Wyoming. Just wasn't what I was going for. And so Troy Nickerson, our head coach, when I met him, had kind of thrown some feelers out to see if I'd want to work with them and ended up really working with them a lot more. And so I just ended up getting an internship through them. It's weird. I'm not going to lie. There were some battles for a while there. (laughs) That's amazing that you found that opportunity, though. Yeah, it's been different. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I personally transferred uh, from a school where I was intending to be a teacher, like my first semester, and then I transferred out right after just because I figured that if I wanted to do something, I want to make sure I'm really in it. Kind of like what you said, you really have to be, you really, Absolutely, and especially in sports, yeah. you have to, you know, it's not always going to be the most high paying job, but you really have to have the care and the passion for it. Well, and that's what I think, you know, I did battle. There was a battle there because I was volunteering for both teams. And mm-hmm. so I now looking back, I'm like, I totally could have handled stuff differently, been a little bit more upfront about all of that. <laughs> but I, there's just something about this UNC team that is different for me. And I think that when I'm working 16 hour days and I'm traveling with teams, the last thing I want to do is have to shelter either my opinion or kind of, you know, be a little bit more reserved on how I feel about the actual message or 
you know, the, mm-hmm. the actions of people on the team. And so I think that with UNC, I believe in what this coaching staff is presenting and I'm really trying to advocate for that. And that's what I want. Incredible. That's, that's pretty amazing. Like coming, <laughs> like you were at, you went to Wyoming and then you were going to another completely different school, like working, like, wow, that's, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. Well, the I driving, my car, my car was not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh gosh. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll go ahead and dive into, um, I guess your experience overall throughout this process. So has this been like the only like internship position that you've had in sports with uh, UNC? So I actually was an intern for a little, I want to call it a media outlet. It wasn't the most associated press driven internship that anybody could have ever had. I wasn't getting Mm -hmm. any associated press experience, but I was getting a lot of, it was a Colorado wrestling thing where this guy had said, you know, I really want to bring exposure. Wrestling doesn't get a ton of exposure as a sport. Nobody mm-hmm. looks at wrestling and thinks, I really want to sit down and watch it. It's not like football to where, you know, you get everybody together and people can pick it up super fast. I mean, the guys, you know, are in singlets. There's two guys on a mat. Not the most <laughs> interesting thing. Not the most appealing sport in the world. And, you know, this guy, Tom, was like, I really want to bring exposure to this sport. Awesome. He doesn't have any journalism experience. So that's, you know, I mean, the heart is there. And that's what this sport needs. It just needs people with heart. So I was helping him get some multimedia stuff set up. It was all funded by me, though. So he didn't have any sponsors Mm -hmm. other than to just cover the domain. So my parents are constantly making transfers into my account for me (laughs) to drive down to Denver, which is two hours from Laramie. And then I was also covering, I was covering like high school, college, and youth. Too much. It just became too much. But I did take advantage of the fact that I was able to get some connections with Mark Branch at Wyoming. You know, his program is so strong. And so that's when I kind of dove in over there. And then also with Troy Nickerson, who is my current head coach at Northern Colorado. And so I kind of just ended up going with the two of them. And like I say, they're rivals. So that was not my greatest decision I've ever made in my whole life. But it gave me a lot of experience. They're two very different programs. And so I was doing photos for each, but also getting, you know, I, I couldn't always tell if it was joking or not when they're like, so we heard you uh, cross the border yesterday oh, in Colorado. <laughs> so those, those passive aggressive comments were there. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I don't have any like negative feelings towards Wyoming. I got a ton of experience, but I definitely kind of veered more towards Northern Colorado, their growing program. That's kind of the difference is they're both small programs, but Troy hasn't wasted time on producing a foundation that he wanted. And I get to be a part of that come up as opposed to at Wyoming, you know, they kind of already have that established Mm -hmm. and that atmosphere is already there. So I essentially kind of was volunteering with them, getting photos done with them and realizing that I really liked being more than just a media person. A big thing for me is I don't want to just be a photographer. I don't want to just be an SID. Mm-hmm. I want, you know, the guys, I want to be a part of those. I mean, I just tweeted a picture today of our athletic trainer and he looks like a complete dweeb because he was trying to fix some headgear. <laughs> I want those memories. I don't want it to be where I show up at work and I'm sitting on the side of a wrestling mat or on the side of a basketball court and I'm just doing my job. I don't want that to be it. And I think as a media person, you almost have to find that passion or you're going to burn out 
So my experience overall has been finding that transition, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I went from this rinky dink, not getting a ton of experience, asking questions to guys. I mean, our wrestlers are cutting weight. And so they don't want to talk about the match that they lost last week. They don't want to talk about all these. Oh, yeah. They want to talk. I want to ask them, what are you going to eat? Like, as soon as this tournament's over, what are you going to go home and eat? So my experience of having this little media outlet turn in to, you know, these other connections and being able to grow from that and understand, you know, the personal struggles that these guys are facing and gaining that trust has been huge for me. So a lot of my experience, personally, I've just centered around being the best media supporter that I can be as opposed to being a media reporter, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so with like kind of with that, you know, working in sports is so much different than working in, you know, many other different like outlets. So what was the, I guess, was there a moment for you that really struck is like, okay, I want to work in sports and this is why. I grew up in wrestling. So I grew up spending every weekend watching my brother wrestle and I absolutely freaking hated it. Wait, really? I would, I would run around. I, not, not my proudest moment, but I, my uncle G was not my real uncle. He just kind of helped raise us. He'd known me since I was born. My Papa Valdez, also not really related, runs the high school state wrestling tournament for Colorado. So I was surrounded by this sport from the minute that my brother stepped on a mat. And I threw a complete fit. I was 18, threw a fit and was like, screw wrestling. I hate wrestling. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I hate this sport. And now, and then I moved to Texas, actually. Then I transferred to North Idaho and ended up working with the JUCO team up there. And I don't think it was until I went to Big 12s the following year. And Jacob Seeley, one of the wrestlers on our team, looked at me and was like, hey, ask me where, you know, my dream vacation spot is. And in that moment, I was like, he trusts me. Like he, Mm -hmm. this is not just an interview for him. He's talking to me as if I'm a friend. And so it wasn't necessarily a moment of like, I knew I wanted to be around sports my whole life. I just didn't know where my place was. And in that moment, when Jacob looked at me and said, hey, can you ask me this? Because I asked him plenty of useless questions before just to make him comfortable. I was Mm -hmm. like, wow. These guys are more than athletes. And that was when I knew I wanted to bring more of a story than Jacob qualifying for the national qualifier at that tournament or, you know, more than his weight class. I wanted to bring him as a human being. Mm -hmm. And that was when I realized, holy crap, I can make a difference in sports. Yeah. And that's something that you're seeing a lot more now, um, especially with, you know, people that are the content creators for, for sports outlets, they don't have the, they don't have the videos of people practicing as often, or they don't have the type of um, person to person stuff. So they have to kind of get creative and be like, all right, now that you're, you're on your own and you're in your own little space, what are you doing with your time that makes you a human instead of just an athlete, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think too, you know, there's, everybody cares about football. I mean, I'm a Texas Longhorns fan. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like, hook them okay. till the day I die. I love it. But there's something to be said about, you know, each athlete behind that that is in a smaller program or is in, you know, a smaller atmosphere, a smaller sport. I mean, there are, I cannot tell you how many wrestlers I know that have stories that have never been told. And yet I just mm-hmm. inside I'm like dying because I'm like, why is your SID not asking you this question? <laughs> they're not making those connections, you know? And that's what I really feel like when you have that moment of, I can tell a story beyond what's going on that everybody can look up on flow wrestling. That's when, you know, I completely agree with you um, on that. 
it's, it really is all about the connections and understanding like the human experience, I guess, because not a lot of people understand, like, it really is all about like who we are as people and not like essentially like what we do. But I'm, I'm glad that you bring that up because that's like such a, a big thing that not a lot of people, I guess, touch on. And it's, it's crazy that we all are get, get so bent on that fact. So that, that's great to realize. And I guess diving more into the other, I guess, world, what was there like ever any moment that you have like struggled, I guess, mentally when you were going through this whole process of covering while you were going to Wyoming and going to UNC? How did you manage to like deal with it all? I think I am a huge advocate for having a strong support system. Media is not easy Mm -hmm. because nobody cares about your background. Nobody cares about what you're facing. I had a boy that I grew up with. He was killed in Phoenix. I mean, I just grew up watching him. Wasn't extremely close, but Mm -hmm. grew up watching him. My grandpa died two weeks later. And then a year later, two of the men who had gotten me involved in wrestling had died. And so I kind of sat there and was like, I don't know what to do. And then six months later, my nephew dies of SIDS. And so I'm sitting here going, holy crap. Nobody cares about that when you're in media. Nobody cares about what you're facing. If an athlete goes through that, I mean, granted, we should care when an athlete goes through Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so I think when I'm sitting there looking at Wyoming and UNC, in that moment, I have all of these coaches that I've grown up with sitting there saying, if you don't 100% believe in what you're doing with the team, cut it off. And, you know, like I say, I, there were plenty of moments where, you know, Wyoming was kind of like, what are you doing? And, but they also weren't paying me. So they weren't going to sit there and tell me what I couldn't, couldn't do. And meanwhile, you know, Troy and Michael Moreno, one of our assistant coaches, Garrett Kylie, they're all sitting there going, do what is best for you. And I think that when you have a support system, I can't tell you how many times I've gone home and cried after wrestling or mm-hmm. how many times, you know, wrestlers have made comments or something. But the difference is, is I've never once had one of those moments where I didn't want to get up the next morning and go back, at least since I started on this media side. And so going through those mental battles, it was draining. And I sat down with one of our coaches, actually I sat down with our head coach, Troy, and I was like, I have to choose. You know, neither, Wyoming definitely wanted me to choose. And so I sat down with him and he was like, okay, he's like, we'll take care of it. And it wasn't even a question. Like he just knew in his mind that they had my back and he knew that they had done enough to remind me of that. And so I think to get back to your original question, yes, those mental battles are there, but I had people that I trusted because you have to be careful of who you can trust in media, especially, but those battles were not just me fighting them. If that makes sense. It was every single coach that I'd worked with before that had shown me I was worth something they were battling that with me because they wanted to remind me of that worth and that's what I think a lot of people are like you can't be friends with you know people that you cover you can't be why not why do I not want the boys to tell me when something exciting happens whether I report that or not and whether I'm allowed to you know really advocate for that like who doesn't want to be a part of that we're people heck yeah we're and I personally don't want to talk to somebody that feels like a stranger to me. I don't want to give them my story. Mm-hmm. And so there's my tangent. 
But (laughs) I think that those battles for me, it was realizing, oh my gosh, my heart's in this one spot. You know, I don't think it was ever, oh, I hate wrestling. It was, I hate where my mind is at mentally and I need to repair myself. And that was when it made it easier, obviously, to go to UNC because I just, I, I felt more, I don't want to say, I I, want to say I felt more value, but I also felt more a part of something as opposed to Mm -hmm. just being the person who shows up and takes pictures. So with that, you know, with you talking about the hardships that do come with working in media, you know, sports media, nonetheless, there's something that I want to, I'm kind of curious about because I did a a project about this at the University of Iowa. And one of the big things I covered was the fact that a lot of women are coming into sports now and how that's a big push that should be made. And it was a bit long past. So what has that been like for you? And and especially within wrestling, you know, a sport that's, uh, as a viewer, seems to be dominated by men. I mean, and this is a huge battle today in wrestling. We're having, there have been so many comments made ever since this coronavirus stuff happened of women in sports. And one thing I learned very quickly is that there is such a double standard. I, I, I am not the person to cry like, oh, I'm being treated different because I'm a woman. But the basic line is, is more people care about what I'm doing in my personal time than they do about a male SID. Like that is just the way it's done. If I go on a date with somebody, if I you know, am seen with somebody, if somebody talks to me a different way, that does not mean like, that I'm what? Having... You can't be human? Yeah, I'm like, what? Literally. Well, and then I'm sitting here like I've grown up around wrestlers. So why is it that I can't talk to a man without it seeming, you know, sexual or relationship wise? I can go to dinner with half of my wrestlers and nobody bats an eye because of the fact that it's a professional relationship. And there is such thing as being friends with people that you work with. And I think that that is where a lot of women, I think, come into this expecting to be hit on. They expect to be looked at different and have to prove themselves. But we do, what we don't expect a lot of the time is having to fight for my own personal choices and having to justify why I choose to go to a concert and have a couple beers or why I choose to do so many different things because of the fact that I'm a woman. And there's so many assumptions made about those double standards, especially in sports. Granted, I'm very blessed with where I'm at because not once has that ever been questioned. I walked in and was so upset that I didn't get photo credit on one thing. And our head coach said, I will never, ever let her feel that way. And they, you know, I've been told by wrestlers or, you know, by assistant coaches that our coaches do not joke about that. If Mm -hmm. I have one issue, they go out of their way because they, they see that. Mm -hmm. And that I think is as a woman, you have to find your place where they stand up for you, but also where it's not conditional. Yeah. It needs to be, you know, unconditional. Uh, I got your back because you're on my team. Exactly. And that's where I think the difference is, is if, you know, one of the athletes comes in, if we have a new athlete on the team, they automatically are like, I got you, you got me, we're good. Mm-hmm. I felt that when I walked into the UNC room as well. And that was kind of the cool atmosphere that I, I didn't have to battle for that. Our coach mm-hmm. automatically was like, dude, we got you. And we don't ever want you feeling like you're, I mean, there was one time where Flow Wrestling used my photo and they were on that like super fast. Wow. So that's the difference is as a woman you need to have allies and finding Mm -hmm. those allies is extremely valuable and unfortunately a lot of women never do that's insanely true um it's it's really about like the amount of respect 
that we have for other people. It's all like, we don't think that we're going to get that return. I think being a woman, like we just assume like it's not going to happen, but we, yeah, like you were saying, you have to stick up for really like what, what you are entitled to being like the other side of it. Um, as a male, it's, it's different, like the circumstances, but yeah, I mean, because when I chose when I chose to go to school and and, and study a sports centric major, no one really batted an eye. You know, everyone was just mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, yeah, you played sports. But like a lot of people I went to school with, and I would say that there was a really good mix at the University of Iowa, and I was very glad to see it of like a fifty fifty mix of male and female. And I was always interested to hear like the stories of them of, well, what did you know? What did your support system say when you? said that you wanted to study sports was there a a big hoopla like yay yes you should do that or was it like you should look into a plan b and it was always interesting because it was a pretty pretty even mix of the two when i when i went to north idaho i walked in met the coach my uncle g knew him he trained i guess with his son and i was like i am so freaking nervous because what if he asks me a question because we get those questions of like oh you like wrestling okay well who was the olympic champ in 19 whatever at this weight and I'm like I don't freaking care I really don't care right like mm-hmm. don't get me wrong I want to know the history of our sport because I value our sport right but, and my uncle G said one thing that really stuck with me was he was like you know you're wrestling but you know it in a different way than most people know it and own that and that's the difference is women I know so many women that look at college football and say the most amazing thing but it, it has nothing to do with what a man is interested in. So they just blow it off. And I'm like, okay, but whatever you just said changed my mind. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference is we try to suppress that so much because women look at it different. And that is so frustrating to me. Yeah, I mean, and rightfully so, you know, there shouldn't be the standard of I have a Y chromosome. So that means I know sports better. <laughs> like that's that, yeah. that doesn't really make much sense, you know. It's pretty messed up that it's like it should all always be like the quality of your work rather than like oh you're this oh well automatically you're gonna be much lower than we'd expect so well don't get me wrong I can't drive worth a crap I like there are so many things that I fall into the stereotypical oh my god me. <laughs> but I mean granted like there are plenty of things that you know my my womanhood is very in line with but mm-hmm. the one thing that should never be questioned is my ability to understand what's going on on a wrestling mat or a football field. Right. Mm-hmm. Diving a little more, I guess, the other world. Who has been, like, the biggest inspiration for you to even, like, want to go into sports? You were, you were mentioning your Uncle G mm-hmm. and um, your brother, who yeah. actually started in wrestling and started this whole process of – you go in here but like what who has been like ultimately like your driving force to continue Man, that is like you know it's hard because you can have so many mentors oh, yeah. I mean mm-hmm. Romy being at mm-hmm. CBS for Denver I text her like all the time the stupidest questions <laughs> um but I think going into the media side I really I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I would have never looked at wrestling and said, I want to do this if I would not have sat down outside. Another question I was like intrigued about. I was like, so since you were, you grew up like with wrestling and you hated it. I started running wrestling tournaments when I was 10 years old. I mean, I was doing like 
we called it pairing, which I mean, okay. it sucked because you would have to like pair people up and it wasn't like a straight line bracket like we have for the NCAA tournaments. Mm-hmm. It was like you picked two people to wrestle and then you kept going down the line and you had to do it a certain way. But I think looking back, the main person that, I mean, obviously Uncle Gia wouldn't have gotten involved in sports if it wasn't for him. He took me to the side of a wrestling mat, handed me a book and said, figure out how to do stats. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like a cool I, dude. <laughs> I couldn't even write. Wow. Like I literally couldn't even write. And the man is like, just trace my T's. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> so then I start putting twos after my T's and all my teachers are like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> but I think looking back, there was this super prominent it was when the German team came my brother was wrestling against the German team uncle G was hosting them the man had many hats (laughs) (laughs) but I think I sat down and my papa Ramon again not actual family wrestling family just doesn't have an end Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. you know I sat down with him and Pat Bobby who bless the woman she has the most amazing soul said something about oh well maybe you'd want to pair and I I think I sat down in that moment and was like I can do something in wrestling like I as a as a female I can do something that isn't sit and watch my brother or sit and do stats it was I have control I have the control of how this entire tournament goes and I think Pat Bobby saying that made me realize oh my gosh like you mean women can, women can be more than this? And so I would have to say that was kind of my defining moment of I really want to work in sports because I'm seeing a woman that is capable and has power in sports. Yeah, I mean, my defining moment was like seeing – I didn't even know that half the sports jobs that our jobs were jobs, if that made sense. Like yeah. I was just sitting with a teacher, and he was yeah. like, hey, you should look into this. And I'm like, that's not a job. And he showed me the salary <laughs> once then as, as like a 14 I thought it was like seen lady. as a hobby back then. Yeah, yeah. I yep. literally am sitting here like I get paid to tweet. Like mm-hmm. what yeah. am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, and we actually – it was funny because I had – I talk about like my main thing is like I don't just want to be a media person I want Mm -hmm. to be somebody that these guys can you know one can fight in I guess because it's like some people just want to talk about wrestling without their coach being there our athletes that are going through these things and they're sitting there saying you know I need to talk to somebody about this but I don't want it to necessarily be coach because sometimes they just need to vent they're not looking for answers they're Mm -hmm. not looking for anything they just need to vent I think that was that's kind of like one of my defining moments of like this this is what I meant to do because I actually got a message from one of our wrestlers the other day who was like thanks for being more than just our media person and I'm like I'm on the verge of tears as I'm like telling my mom what this message says yeah I mean that's a that's a huge thing because it it, kind of fit the exact you know I guess narrative you were trying to fill of I'm not I'm not here to just you know work from nine to five and then clock out like I want it to be exactly. something that I can look back on and it, it can be, you know, something that makes us both grow uh, into whichever field Absolutely. we're going into. It ends up being um, like six to nine at night. So it's like, yeah, I may yeah. as well enjoy it while I'm here. If they're reaching out to you, that means you're mm-hmm. making such an impact on them when you're probably doing the same for you. I'm about to like start screenshotting stuff and putting it on my wall for the days when I'm like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? I yeah. love that. Yep. But I was just going to say that if, if Kate doesn't have any more questions, then I have uh, a question that I'm going to be asking every single person. And I okay. just didn't know if it was time for that yet. I was going to let this, I was going to wait to see if Kate had anything else she wanted to ask. I, was just, um, I just had like one quick question. Yeah, um, go for it. Would you ever go away from wrestling? 
and try a new sport or are you just like fully dedicated to working in the wrestling area I battle with this like every day because I I think there's something to be said for keeping a sport as work and keeping a sport as passion Mm -hmm. and you know I can't say that I'm going to get a job in wrestling every time but the difference is is I think anybody wants a job in football anybody wants a job in basketball because that's what they exactly that's what they grow <laughs> up with that's right how many yeah. people get involved in this and True. I think that there's a difference when you can tell somebody's story in a way that no other journalist can I don't necessarily want to sway from that but if you know the opportunity presents itself if I'm sitting there and I the minute that I don't love this sport is the minute that I don't want to be around it because I've mm-hmm. seen the, what it can do to people. Mm-hmm. I've seen burnout. I've seen the depths of the worst things that this sport brings. And I don't want that to be me. And I don't ever want to look at a wrestling mat and think like, this is the worst thing that's happened to me. I've been there. You know, I've thrown a Starbucks on a wrestling mat and said, F you, I'm done. Right. Looking at the man who got me back involved with it. And the forgiveness that this sport has is unmatched and the family that this sport has is unmatched. So I don't necessarily think I'll ever really stop. Other opportunities might present themselves, but when I look at a wrestling mat, I, I see my home and that's the difference. Yeah, I mean, that's there's key. my sappiness. There's my sappiness for the interview. <laughs> I, wa- I did have a last question until something you said in that had, you may want to ask another question. So all sports I can, I can say um, that I've worked have definitely proven that they can burn you out so what do you do to kind of avoid that burnout or what are some what are some little things that you're able to do to kind of take yourself out for a second regroup and then get back into it I would love to say that I sit there and go to the gym every day or you know I I mean I have a brand new puppy her name is Shinerbach she's my best friend best thing that's ever happened to me but I think a huge part of it is coming home and decompressing. I don't Mm -hmm. wake up in the morning at 4 a.m. and think I'm so excited to go to wrestling. I wake up at 4 (laughs) a.m. and I say, why am I even doing this? You're like, I need more sleep. Exactly. But the difference is, is like taking the small moments and having an extremely strong support system is what's gotten me through every single moment of being like, I can't do this anymore. And that's Mm -hmm. the difference is it doesn't have to be in wrestling. I mean, there are people outside of wrestling that I talk to almost every day. My best friend, Sarah Joe, we talk every day and she listens to my wrestling stories. She could not care less, but she does it because she cares. And so I think focusing on something other than work, I, you know, I was actually just talking my roommate, Alyssa and Brent, the two of them, I just sat down and was like, I need to delete Twitter at six o'clock because I can't, you know, I get engulfed in wrestling Twitter drama or I get engulfed in mm-hmm. something exciting. So I think deleting my social media is a huge thing just you know for 12 hours like who cares mm-hmm. I think picking up a book it's it's the little things you know what I mean it's the simple like I, my mind is right in this moment so I want to maintain this because otherwise sometimes I think I'd look at our athletes and be like so you know take something out on them that's not even their fault there's a run wrestling coach called Mage. I grew up with him and he wrestled at UNC he's now a high school coach and I will call him and scream like I will just in like a total psycho, like intense way. <laughs> and then I take that moment like 10 minutes later and I turn off my phone and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, everything is okay in this moment because I'm disconnected, but I vented. 
So it's the little things. I think every person has to find something for them, but having a support system that can get you there. Like I say, nobody really cares about your store media story for some reason. Nobody sits down and asks Taylor McGregor what she does at the Cubs games. Right. Nobody asks mm-hmm. her like what she does after that. And so I think it's important that when you are in this industry to have people that remind you of your worth, because otherwise your worth doesn't waver based off of other people's, you know, inability to see it. Mm-hmm. I don't know who said that. Don't quote me. That was somebody else. But <laughs> great quote. I, I, I agree. And I think it's true. And I think that when you have people that remind you of that and that you can do little things with, or even be by yourself, it makes the difference. And you're not going to burn out. You're not going to hate your life. You might hate it for five minutes when you're in the middle of a wrestling tournament and everything's shut down mm-hmm. and you can't figure out why. Mm-hmm. But in the long run, you still have a love that is unmatched. Yes. Right. And so my final question, um, it's a question that I'm, I, I take so much pride in. Um, <laughs> so like a lot of people, when, when you get into, you know, your first career, you know, your, your kind of uh, job, I guess, um, people will be like, all right, five years from now, you know, what do you want to be known for? 10 years from now, what do you want to be known for? But for me, the thing I want to know is like a hundred years down the road, What's something that you want to be remembered for professionally, whether that be a story you covered or just an athlete you were able to kind of make a connection with that transpired in something else? You know, what's that one, one or two things that you want to be remembered for? I think when I was at Wyoming, it was cool because I was a part of this huge thing. Mark Branch is a legend in the sport mm-hmm. of wrestling. And he was, he's a good friend of mine now. I'm so grateful for the experiences I got but I wasn't a part of something bigger there. I didn't feel like I was contributing. And I hope that in a hundred years when they look back and, you know, UNC has some of the most amazing hearts, some of the most amazing athletes. I hope that it isn't something that people look back and they're like, Oh yeah, this was just an article that she wrote. I hope it's Mm -hmm. this team made a difference. This team was strong. This team had passion and you know, it's, it's the character behind the team that I want to be a part of. And I hope people look back and say that I contributed to that as opposed to just showing up and doing my job and writing recaps. I want to be a part of those bigger moments. And it's not that, you know, when Andrew Aliris becomes a national champion in a couple of years, people are going to sit there and say, oh yeah, Anna was there for that. Like Anna was, I don't want, I don't want that. I want them to look back and think this team made a difference and she was a part of that difference. And mm-hmm. she told their story in the way that she, they wanted it told. Not in the way that she wanted to write an article. Not in the way that she wanted a picture with her watermark over it. I want to tell their story beyond what's on the mat. And I want to be a part of that success in that way. Well, the first time I asked that, it was nailed. You hit that out of the park. I think that's a, a really important thing. Because you see a lot of people in media now that just write a story to get a story out. And write a story to break news that may or may not be you know 20 minutes old they just want the clicks so it's it's important to you know care about the story within a story if you will absolutely and I think you know there's something to be said about coaches that set the atmosphere and I think as media we have a job and we have an obligation to deliver on that and to deliver conveying that in the way that the coach wants it conveyed Mm -hmm. not to say that like you know if a coach does something we can't report on it or whatever But when these coaches get huge recruiting classes, when these athletes are making huge strides, why are we telling the story in a way that we know how to tell the story? Why are we not telling it for them? And that's the difference Mm -hmm. is I'm not here for me. I'm here for them. That's an excellent way to put it. It's all about them regardless of anyone else. Like it should always be their story. We got to tell it the best way. 
Exactly. Thank you for having me. Sweet. And that was Anna Marie from the University of Northern Colorado. If you'd like to keep up with the Rookie Contract, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Rookie underscore contract. And if you would like to keep up with Anna and what she's up to, make sure to follow her links in the description below. We thank you for listening to this podcast, and we hope to see you next Monday.